Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. What is up, Commanders fans? What's up, Believe Nation? It is Believe in Commander. This is your boy Anthony Armstrong. I'm joined once again, my man Brian Murphy, all the way in the ATL. How you doing, my friend? I'm good. I'm good, man. Uh, middle of the week. Uh, feels like the weekend is close, which means football is close. So I'm I'm doing way better than I was yesterday. Absolutely. I think the sun is shining a little bit brighter. You know, once you get f- the further you get away from a loss, uh, the, the things things tend to look up, right? The That's sun right. comes out, and you know, I'm enjoying the cooler temperatures. It's, it's starting Me to too. be like fall. Uh, there's this meme that goes around where it says in Texas you you're in the false fall stage right. where it starts starts cool in the morning but ends up being about 95 at the end of the day. So please pack for every season right now. Yep. Yeah. Georgia's not that extreme, but they're they're pretty close. So yeah, I'm with you. Fall means football, and football uh, means you need to get your bets in and and do a little bit better than I have. Um, we are always. Uh, brought to you by bet online and remember it's the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports contests and events with first to market odds and lines and we'll get to our picks later and i'll actually post them this week that'll be fun (laughs) uh so you can find reviews and news for every league really easy to use websites betonline.ag so go on your laptop or your mobile device and you can bet on the nfl nba nhl mlb combat sports esports and even golf um, so go check them out for sports information and live in-game betting props and futures. Uh, head over to Bet Online. Use our promo code Believe Fifty B L E A V Five Zero to receive your fifty percent welcome bonus on your first deposit. And remember, Bet Online, where the game starts. And the season uh, started a little rocky, one and two for the Commanders, but they got a chance to get things going and turn things around. It is. Dallas week. It is Dallas week. And that, that's a big week, a uh, huge week for Washington, huge week uh, for DC, you know, fans and right. just that whole area. It's, it's big. Um, and, and the, the, the thing that I learned about my first Dallas week um, was that literally every single day has a topic. I, I don't know what the schedule is uh, for 2022, but every single day had a topic and, and, there is a real disdain and hate for the Dallas Cowboys. Um, so when you get to hear the history behind it, it's, it's actually pretty cool to see. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think the the fact that there are so many Dallas fans in the D.C. area, I think that adds fuel to the fire. So they're almost like, I mean, it's almost like you can't get away from it. You know, there are Dallas fans even in your city that that are going to talk trash to you. I know my, my dad is part of a big family. He's got uh, three brothers and a couple of them are Cowboys fans. I mean, it it is it tears up families. But man, is it is it fun to watch these games and I'm expecting another good one this week. Uh, Cowboys coming off a big Monday night win against the hated Giants. We, we you know, both Cowboys and Commanders don't like the Giants. Um, so they got the best of that NFC battle, and we know what the commanders kind of got beat around by the Eagles. What are your initial thoughts on on this week? Obviously, it sounds like we're going to avoid Dak. sounds like the commanders are not going to see Dak Prescott. It'll be Cooper Rush again, who's held the fort down 2-0 in his two starts this year. But what are your kind of first thoughts, first uh, feelings about Dallas this week? Um, Dallas is a good team. They're, they're a good team. And, and, you know, whenever you had Tyron Smith get injured and then 
in the week one, Dak Prescott gets injured. You're thinking, oh, they're done. They're, that's over. And then yep. here comes Cooper Rush, and he just continues to perform well. And he looks good in the offense. And you have to give you have to give credit. You have to give him credit. You have to give that team credit that they're able to stay behind this quarterback. Um, and and the offensive coordinator, Kellen Moore, he's done a really good job of tweaking the play calling. I, I feel like when I watch Dallas play, whenever Dak is that quarterback, you can tell what they're doing and they have a certain feel, a certain vibe. It feels like the Cowboys of the past however many years. But now you have Cooper Rush in there, and you can see that there are a few different plays that get called. I mean, I can talk about this later on in the show, but it's just initially you can tell it's a little bit different, so you can't take this team lightly just because they don't have Dak Prescott and Tyron Smith. Yeah, I'm with you. I thought as soon as Dak Prescott went down, it seemed like Dallas was an easy victory for whoever faced him, and then Cooper Rush comes out of nowhere, beats the AFC defending champs, the Bengals, and takes down a tough Giants team, or at least they they seem pretty tough two weeks in. So yeah, he's just done a really good job. That defense has been ferocious, and it's kind of been like um he hasn't done tried to do too much right he's gotten the ball to his playmakers he's gotten the ball to Pollard and Elliott and uh CD Lamb and let those guys do their thing and not really push things and just kind of let the game come to them and so far the Dallas defense has been really strong and uh yeah you got to tip your cap to Cooper Rush kind of him bouncing around practice squad uh, you know unsigned resigned cut all that stuff to stick with it and now winning meaningful games it's a, it's a big thing, and they're no pushover, which we've seen now a, a couple weeks in. And so this isn't quite the the W that I think we chalked it up to after seeing Dak go down in week one. So it's going to be a tough one. Um, and, you know, as much as we want to talk about Cooper Rush and how well he's done, man, Micah Parsons, number 11. For a long yeah, time, man. I'm sure there was a number 11 back in the day for the Cowboys, but for a long time it was Cole Beasley. But now number 11 belongs to Micah Parsons. you got to know where – one one is on that defensive side of the ball and and that's that's the key is you got to know where he is he lines up all over the place he does a little bit of everything and he is a beast and he's something that the commanders have to deal with on sunday oh man yeah that that's one of those players that your coach is circling highlighting putting a big asterisk a star you name it any type of symbol they're putting that guy on the spotlight because yeah, he, he's a guy that's going to affect the game immensely. And I, I have a personal feeling of, of of a recipe that, you know, that they could utilize to help, you know, mitigate some of some of his abilities. But uh, Micah Parsons is just a player. I mean, my goodness. You, he's good. Yeah. He is really, really good. He's one of the elite players in this league, and he'll be that way for years and years to come. Yeah, he's fast and he can he can do a whole bunch of things. So let me ask you a question as a as a former player, as a former offensive player. Uh, we say all the time you got to know where this guy is. You know, you got to know where Aaron Donald is. You always had to know where, obviously, like a Lawrence Taylor was. Not saying that Micah Parsons is there yet. I think he's really good. But is it the case that every play the offense knows where a guy like Micah Parsons is, or is that kind of overhyped or just something that the media starts, or is it legitimately the quarterback goes out there? Okay. Where's number 11. What do I need to do on this play? Oh, it is 100% a real thing that you need to pay attention to where a person is, especially when they, when they do move around like Micah Parsons does. I mean, Aaron Donald, he, he does move around the line, but you're going to treat that person differently. All right. So if if you have Micah Parsons over here over your right tackle 
and you happen to have called the formation where your tight end's on the opposite side, uh, if he's not running around, that quarterback's going to say, hey, bump over here real quick and, and put a chip on Micah Parsons, or he's going to tell the back. You're going to see him pat the back and say, hey, you got to make sure you chip him on the way out. Like, offenses have to make plans for that. And it helps defenses out, too, on the flip end because the offense has to usually send two people to it. So when there's one less person going out in the route, running back's not going out or tight ends not going out, it limits what you can do on offense, but hopefully he doesn't affect the game that he can if you happen to just let him go one-on-one. Yeah, I mean, we could spend our entire show talking about Michael Parsons. I mean, I think he really is the real deal. He's the kind of guy that can wreck a game, but he makes me extra nervous, especially when we're hearing we're recording this on Wednesday. I saw that Charles Leno didn't practice. I don't know that it's a super serious thing, but it sounds like a shoulder. So um, I think he sat out today. And then Wes Schweitzer, who's now your starting center, uh, is out with a concussion, uh, not out for the game. I mean, he was out for practice today, but that makes me super nervous. Uh, an offensive line that get, just gave up nine sacks and you're going up against a guy like this. What do you do in this situation? I mean, I know you got a chip. Yeah. You got to show a bunch of different fo- uh, things to, to Micah Parsons, but that makes me super nervous. I'm biting my nails when I'm thinking about that guy. Well, I mean, you got to be real. You got to give respect to everybody across that defensive line. Uh, I mean, shoot, you've got uh, Dante Fowler they brought in. Obviously, right. Demarcus Lawrence is there inside. You got Osa Odigazua, uh, Dorrance Armstrong, who had, I think, a couple sacks and was getting blocked very active. Field goal, was that him too? Yeah, blocked yeah. the field goal as well. So the whole entire defensive line gets active. So you got to think, whenever Micah Parsons moves over here, it's going to create a single block for somebody over here. And, and, and they understand that. Everybody understands it across the defensive line that they know that if they do their job and they understand that they're going to get one-on-one opportunities and they're going to get a chance to get after the quarterback. So as a whole, I think you have to attack these guys by using their aggressiveness against them. Start out the game with some screens, draws, creative ways to get these guys to rush up field, but you just get the ball behind them. And, and ideally somebody, you know, these great the, uh, the receivers are great after the catch. I mean, they do a wonderful job of finding a way to create space. Get those guys a ball in space early while you let the pass rush rush up. I think that will help mitigate the pass rush as long as you get in the end zone. Yeah. I mean, it's a it's it's one thing builds on the other, but you have to you can't you cannot let that pass rush know that you're just going to drop back and pass it every single time. So you got to go screens. You got to go draws and do some different things to get them off balance. Well, thinking about that game plan, that feels like it would make a lot of sense for the commanders. It feels like their issue, their biggest issue on offense has been not being able to get into a rhythm. We know about the woes over the last couple of first halves. So why not call some quick plays where uh, Carson Wentz is able to get it to his playmakers, especially Terry McLaurin? I mean, you know, get get the ball in that guy's hands early. I still think that he is your best offensive player. Uh, despite the fact that Curtis Samuel has emerged and despite some of the things that Antonio Gibson can do. But I still think you got to feed Terry McLaurin, and maybe that's the way you do it is you feed him a screen, you you throw a couple of quick ones to him. It, A, like you said, hopefully gets their aggressiveness upfield. You're able to to run on them a little bit there and kind of makes them double you know, think twice about what they're doing. But then, B, it gets Carson Wentz and Terry McLaurin in a rhythm, which they – really haven't been able to do quite yet. I know we saw the long touchdown against Jacksonville. Terry McLaurin ended up with 100 yards last week, but that all felt like garbage time stuff. But I'm with you. I think that's a really 
big key ideas to get your, your team in, in rhythm and get it going early? You're, I, we, uh, we lost it. Triple oh, I'm on mute. Oh, oh my man. goodness. Okay. All right. Phew. Oh my goodness. I want to make sure I wasn't crazy. All right. <laughs> He's back, everybody. I am. I did go to a magic show yesterday. So I did actually, <laughs> I was invisible for uh, a matter of seconds and then, wow. then I uh, reappeared. Um, it was, it was pretty fun, but no, uh, shoot. You almost need to be a magician to get away from this pass rush yeah. when you think about it, but you really have to find ways to just you, almost it's like taekwondo or, or jujitsu, right? Where you use their force against them and, 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 you know, in that type of a way, because if, if you're sitting back and they know it's going to be a passing game, it's going to be trouble. And, you know, sure. and, and you know, you obviously have Trevon Diggs out there in the, in the secondary as well. So you got to think about it like that. Let's find ways to just confuse them, get them off balance and, and put the ball in the end zone. That way, you know, you can dictate to them more than they can dictate to you. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we talked a little bit about Cooper Rush, but what about um, on the other side of the ball for the commanders? That defense has got to make something happen or it's going to be a long season. They got kind of picked apart uh, again uh, by Jalen Hurts last week. It seems like Cooper Rush, you know, a couple weeks ago would have sound crazy, but it sounds like Cooper Rush could potentially do the same thing to you. What's your kind of game plan for the weapons they have? They have a two-headed monster in the backfield. We know about CeeDee Lamb. Michael Gallup might be back. Dalton uh, Schultz might be back for, um, you know, another pass-catching uh, weapon there, the tight end. What are your thoughts on defense, and how can they kind of get some some wins that they desperately need? Uh, well, this this game here, you have a hell of a matchup in the secondary. I haven't seen or heard. I don't know if you've heard anything about William Jackson I think, uh, about his potential status getting in. Yeah, I don't know about his status, but I think he was working today. It might have just been an individuals I think I saw, but okay. hopefully that's that's trending towards him playing because they get okay. desperate. They could use him for sure. Yeah, absolutely. We have it, having another you know bit of help out there would be good because here's a couple of things to think about. Cooper Rush. He it's like Cooper Rush is seeing things differently than Dak Prescott is. Let's let's just assume they are running the exact same plays. I think they're running. I think that Cooper Rush generally quarterbacks have a little say in what they want to run. Right. A coordinator says, what do you like? He says, I like these. Then the coordinator tries to stick to the plays that the quarterback likes. Uh, Cooper Rush could like different plays. And and some of those plays are are new. So the defense needs to really say these past two weeks that Cooper Rush has played because his progression seemed to be different. Noah Brown is getting a lot of action. Noah Brown may have not gotten a lot of action with Dak Prescott, right? So understanding how Cooper Rush plays the game is going to be huge. Studying him immensely is big. Um, overall, as a, as just a full defensive unit, I want to, I need everybody to communicate. Uh, when you're playing against these two talented, talented running backs, Tony Pollard, Ezekiel Elliott, uh, they can gash you. And Tony is the one that will do more of the gashing. But mm -hmm. when you think, when I think about run fits, uh, linebackers need to be in the right gaps and, and be able to get there quickly and, and know that that's where they're supposed to be, be on top of things. Um, 
the defensive line, you're gonna have you're gonna have yourself a little bit of a challenge. That rookie Tyler Smith, that left tackle, he's doing better than people anticipated. They brought in Jason Peters, so there's some more size up front. So you're gonna have a little bit of a battle, but you'd be sound and just you know try to try to create some pressure, obviously, and, and slow down that running game. Um, and if the linebackers are sound and in and, and coverage as well, that'd be helpful. Yeah. Uh, that'd be helpful. Uh, so, you know, everybody just has to be on the same page, you know, just communicate, trust each other and be where you're supposed to be and, and good things will happen. Yeah. I mean, it feels like week in and week out. It starts with the communication. We got to see some some better play there, especially from the secondary. It seems like a guy is just a step or two behind and it costs you and it costs you against the Eagles. Um, you, you talked about uh, their offensive line. It feels like Dallas has always kind of had a solid offensive line. It started with Tyron, uh, Tyron Smith and you know Zach Martin, those those kind of guys. Uh, now Ron Rivera mentioned today that it seems like uh, teams are really focusing in on Montez Sweat. You know, they're they're always finding out where number 90 is, you know, maybe not to the degree of a, a Micah Parsons or something like that. But he's by far their, their best pass rusher right now, especially with Chase Young out. So I, I got to see something from James Smith Williams or F.A. Obata. Um, somebody other than Montez Sweat has got to step up so that they can take some pressure off of Montez Sweat and that he can and maybe get a win. You know, maybe I've been a little critical on on Twitter of Montez Sweat kind of wondering where he is, but that makes a whole lot of sense that they're sending a couple more eyes his way and that's kind of affected his slow start. No, oh, yeah, absolutely. It's one of those things that it it you're going to get your respect in the league. You you show up a couple times, you flash on tape a few times, they they teams will quickly make an adjustment. Like People are going to say, nah, I don't believe it. Let's just have him go up against our, you know, no. Yeah. Teams make that adjustment, right? They make that adjustment. And you're, you're 100% correct. Those other guys on the defensive line, hey, this is your chance. Find a way to get uh, get some uh, get some wins against one-on-one, uh, you know, with one uh, pass protector against you, right? So these, these, are, these are good opportunities, good chances. Um, I mean, I'd, I'd love to see, and once again, I talk about creativity, since if teams are going to try to double and chip uh, against Montez Sweat, maybe we maybe you you know drop him back into a coverage and faint the rush and then send Jamin Davis on another side. You know, yeah. so just try to get creative in some different ways. Um, take advantage of some of those mismatches. I mean, shoot, you know, I'm just playing Madden, and and that's really all I can do yeah. about it. But you know, you you got to try to mix some things up and try to confuse this guy. Cooper Rush only played two games. Yeah. Jack Del Rio, you got 50 years of football experience. Come on, dial it right. up. Well, and not to be overly critical, but, I mean, mix it up. It can't be worse than what you've done the last couple of weeks, right? I mean, you, you might as well try something. I mean, I know they always say throw the kitchen sink. You, you might as well try something like this, and you're right. He's For as well as he's played, this is only, what, his fourth career start maybe, something like yeah. that. So, you know, you got to throw something at him that he's not expecting because even – you know, even a backup quarterback, if you give him enough time and he's able to get into a rhythm, he can pick you apart. And so, yeah, they got to do something, switch it up a little bit. Um, I, I'm expecting a big game from from Sweat and from Davis, two guys I think that have been really criticized a, a few weeks in, a, among other guys. But, you know, Montez Sweat had a pick six on Thanksgiving in Dallas a couple years mm-hmm. back. Hopefully that's running through his head and he's wanting to make an impact play like that. And I think Tony Pollard is a, is a threat in the running game, but he's also a threat in the uh, passing game. And Jamin Davis is going to be the first guy there probably to try to bring him down. So I'm hoping that Davis, uh, 
Jamin is flying around a little bit and can make some plays and make a play or two that that impacts this game because it's time and if there's if there's a week that it's going to happen it's, it's got to be this week this this Dallas weeks are like that you throw the records out mm-hmm. just throw them out it doesn't matter if it's yeah. a one and one and 14 team going against a 14 and one team that, that one and 14 team is trying you know, whoever yeah. is on the low end is still trying to get that dub against that rival so well, uh, it's exciting, exciting weeks. Relatively recently, I, I went up there. I mean, now it's five, six years. So relatively recently, I went up for a Monday night game. It was with Kirk Cousins, and the Skins were kind of in control uh, of the division. I think Matt Castle was starting for uh, Tony Romo on a Monday night wow. game. And I think Matt Castle beat the beat the Redskins that night. The Redskins went on to uh, win the division at like nine and seven. But you're right. I mean, it really is like it's not a cliche especially in this rivalry, it doesn't matter who is good and who is bad on paper. You, you know, both of these teams want to beat the other. So you've been on both sides of it. So what is what is Dallas week like as a member of the Washington Commanders slash football team slash Redskins? And maybe what is it like on the other side of things too? Yeah, so uh, I, I never played against Washington okay. as a Cowboy. Um when I when I was with Dallas, I was sure hoping I got to that game. <laughs> I I really wanted to get that game. That was I'm that was sure. something. But um, I, growing up in Dallas, though, the, the Washington Week has never been a thing. Okay, it hadn't really been right. a big deal. Um, generally, there's another storyline, or they're just trying to you know look further ahead, like who who is Dallas going to face in the playoffs, those type of things. I mean, I'm talking back in the early 90s, right? So that that's kind of what you grew up in. Um, but in up in the DMV area, in the in the Washington nation, oh, it's serious. Oh, it is serious. I mean, honk if you hate Dallas. Uh, do this if you hate Dallas. Do that if you hate Dallas. A whole week of just – just festivities. They had pep rallies and parades and pom poms. It was yep. just everything going on. And I mean, I was taken aback. I mean, everybody's chanting, We want Dallas. We want Dallas. And you hear the stories about how RFK Stadium is just shaking and it's just so loud. And oh my gosh, the, the energy and the passion behind it is unmatched. Um, and it's, it's, it's a truly special, special thing to be a part of uh, being on that side of that rivalry. Well, and it's it's a fan thing too. I know us us fans have not actually been on the field, but it does feel it adds a little bit of juice. I mean, even after coming off a bad loss this past week, I'm like, all right, but it's Dallas week. I gotta get I gotta get back up, get ready going again. So yeah, it, it is a it's a huge thing. You know, it's it's always fun when you watch this game on TV because they always have like a montage of um, old highlights of guys that you hadn't thought about and you know a big hit from a game in the eighties and uh, yeah, it's it it's the real deal and um, you know th- there's no better way to turn things around than than to beat Dallas and the Commanders yeah. have that chance this week and. You know, for as well as the Cowboys have played the last couple of weeks and, and vice versa for the Commanders, I think this is a winnable game. And I think this is a game that they can uh, go into Jerry World and, and flip some things around and 
get it going again. And I, I don't feel like I'm being too much of a homer there. Like, obviously, I want to look for the optimistic, the 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 bright side of things. But I really yeah. think that they could go in and, and do something here, especially if they get after Cooper Rush a little bit. I mean, I I have my recipe. And I guess this is a good time to to show you yeah, what's yeah. inside the, of my recipe yeah, book. share the cookbook with yeah, us. Yeah, man. So this is a little secret, little something to drop there. Number one, like I said earlier, screen game, uh, quick stuff. Mostly screen games and and draws to get that pass rush to be aggressive. Get them upfield and then drop the ball behind them. Allow your receivers to make some plays after the catch. I think that's going to be something that can help mitigate the pass rush and at least get those teams to you know to get that defensive line. I should say to what you said, like you said earlier, think twice. Maybe you don't pass rush so hard. Now they have to be a little bit more aware about some things. Uh, I mean, Micah Parsons, hell of a player. You definitely want to know where he is. They will, uh, but you got to get them slowed down early. Number two, both sides of it, you got to get started fast. No slow starts in this game. And slow starts are our field goals. I don't want to see field goals on offense. You need to get in the end zone. Get in the end zone fast and make sure that is a consistent thing. Do not settle for three. I'd love to see some aggression from Ron Rivera. Should put a little put a little cayenne pepper on top of that thing. Go. go for it. I want to see Riverboat Ron show up. I, I'm with like, you. If, if it's if, a fourth and two on the first drive. Go for it. Let's, let's do it. Go for it. Go for it. I mean, I love Tress Way, but I only want Tress to be on the field to hold and hold uh, extra there you points. Go. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. You get what I'm saying? So there's that. Uh, and then defensively, like we said, get some creativity in there. You're going to have to find some ways to create pressure. Um, it's obviously it's kind of getting to the point where you're not going to just get pressure with just rushing, you know, the four or five guys that you're sending. And mm-hmm. No slight, but that's just what you got on tape. It is what it is. Eye in the sky don't lie. If they're going to double team your best pass rusher, somebody else got to get get it get back there, or you're going to have to blitz some blitz some DBs. And and that and if you study the tape, you can make Dallas get into a hot route situation, right? You blitz two to the tight end. The tight end is going to be hot, and then you can swarm up and tackle. The teams do it all the time. You have to bring some pressure to put some stuff on Cooper Rush. Um, Yeah. So it's a play into this thing. As as I'm hearing you, I want to just kind of piggyback off that. Where has J.D. McKissick been? And I feel like this could be a big game to get him involved. I think that he thrives in, you know, some of those quick passes, too. Uh, He's always I feel like he's always open underneath. So it might be a a game where he gets involved, especially if you're trying to get some rhythm going early. So I'd love to see some J.D. McKissick. I already mentioned Jamin Davis and Montez Sweat, but uh, you mentioned a defensive back blitz, and I feel like Cam Curl was his most effective when he was just kind of doing a little bit of everything his rookie year. So maybe he comes in off a blitz that you're least expecting and and has a has a big play on the quarterback, or maybe it's Derek Forrest, but I'm with you. Get creative. Send a guy that you're not expecting. Maybe don't send the whole kitchen sink, but maybe send you know half of it. And, and a few utensils make something here and there. Yeah, I mean, you, you. I mean, you're gonna have to mix it up, and you, you, you really, you don't want to roll out the same thing you've ran over the past two and three weeks. I mean, Cooper Rush. Everybody tall was Cooper Rush. He's three and zero in the NFL. Yep. Like, like, what are you gonna say? He's 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 good enough to get to this level, so he can therefore he can pick you apart if you give him something favorable. Yep. Right. So keep him off balance. Don't let Kellen Moore dictate to you you have to dictate to this team uh, try to get ahead early and then you'll be able to you know maintain that lead and get a win 
Yeah, I think they can do it. I think they got a chance. I think they got to follow Triple uh, A's cookbook there. I think that is literally the recipe to success. Um, hopefully, we're talking to you at the beginning of next week with a with a big W in in Dallas, and they're two and two, and they're setting up for the rest of the regular season. But I believe they can do it. I'm not getting. I'm not going to be all down in the dumps. Um, but I think they've got a chance here. And, and you heard it here first on Believing Commanders. You heard the, the cookbook. You heard the recipe. Let's make it happen. But you know where else you can hear this? You could have heard this thing on the Tune In right. radio. So it's super exciting. Big news that Believe is partnering with Tune In to bring our top podcast to a 24-7 radio station playing nonstop sports content. So you can just check it out. Uh, it's going to listen.tunein.com slash Believe Radio, B-L-E-A-V Radio. Uh, check that out. Come yeah. see what we're talking about. Uh, it, it's going to be on there. Tune in. So all the stations, uh, you got your commander's news going on right there. Yeah. And uh, so when we have our victory pod on uh, Monday, you can hear that on Tune In. Uh, I'm going to speak it into existence. It's going to be a good weekend. It's going to be a big win in Dallas. And we're going to be setting up at 2-2, two and two, ready to go for the rest yes, of the season. Yes, indeed. So I know the, all them folks from the DMV, there's some, I know there's some folks that will be coming down there. So yep. I got to make sure I clear my Saturday. There you go. Because uh, some folks will probably want to say what's up. And um, Yeah. I'm at the rest up. See if I can stay up past eight o'clock. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> well, if you're if you're feeling it, also bet the commanders. Use bet online. We're always so grateful for them uh, bringing you the show. Remember, believe fifty B L E A V fifty to get that fifty uh, percent. What's the line on that game? So What's we're gonna get line? to our picks after this, like we did last week. I believe. Oh, so Cowboys- you gotta wait. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'll actually post it this week. I'll po- post the audio version. So we're gonna pause here in a second. I think it's three and a half. So stick around and see what uh, what Triple A and I pick on that one. But we appreciate Bet Online and tune in uh, for helping us, us uh, do this, and it's a lot of fun as always. And we'll talk to you soon. See you. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.